0: Episode 154 of the Customer Support Leaders podcast. I'm Charlotte Ward. This week I begin a year in review. In the opening week of my Bachelor's of Science degree, a long time ago, There was a little talk given to us by our head of faculty who called out a few interesting stats about my choice of degree and the salary expectations that I might expect upon graduation. Now, this was a long time ago. The world was a somewhat different place, but I can give you the gist of it. In essence, it was the speech was something like this. It was essentially well done on choosing a technical degree course. Ten years from now, as a graduate, you can expect your earnings to be approximately double the average of those without a degree in this country, this country being the UK. As a female graduate, you can expect your earnings to be something closer to eight times that of the average for a non-graduate woman. Now, I might have those numbers not precisely right, but it was approximately that. And I looked around me. I was in a room full of men boys really. But this was a male-dominated course for sure. I was one of about six women in that group of 80 people. I'd spent the last seven years at a moderately progressive all-girls school, progressive by UK standards of the time. And this was a brave new world for me. I was that woman in a man's world. And that's really how, since that day, that I thought of myself I got my head down at uni, did well enough. I got a job working in the tech realm I loved. I was one of five women, I think, in a graduate intake of 35 or so onto the Oracle graduate programme that September in the in the mid-90s. I was young, educated, privileged, hardworking and hard partying, as befitted my time of life. Um, and... I saved money too. And I bought a house eight months after I graduated. I was making my way in this man's world. I was ambitious, driven, motivated, and frankly, probably a little oblivious. I had a little of that arrogance of youth about me and the confidence of an education, a reasonable amount of intelligence and a huge amount of independence. And everything so far in my life had been in my reach, and in my control. But then suddenly out in that man's world, I found things hadn't been so easy. Sometimes I wasn't heard. I had to talk louder, be thicker skinned, be pushier, get comfortable with being uncomfortable just to make things happen. Most of the time it worked. I think my work was respected, by and large. I found opportunities as a very young person in a large organisation that weren't just put on a plate for me. Sometimes it definitely made me a little unpopular. In my youth, I wasn't yet adept at expressing my discontent with certain situations. Uh, That only seemed to land on my desk because I was a woman. And I guess just as a small side note, I'm still not very adept at this. Sometimes my tact is definitely a work in progress. Looking back, I was passed over for promotions. Well-deserved, although albeit quite minor promotions. Um, In one review meeting, my manager told me that my attitude was a problem because sometimes I rolled my eyes when he asked me to go and fetch stuff from the photocopier for him, which was a regular occurrence. For the record, I was aiming for some semi-mock exasperation, all the while feeling fully exasperated. I explained the semi-mock angle to him, and did say that sometimes he interrupted what was... Deep work, although that wasn't the term we used for it back then. Why couldn't he share his errands among his entire team? He said he only asked me because I was always on top of my work and my desk was the closest to his office door. Actually, it wasn't. I helpfully pointed out that he passed two men sat at desks between his office door and me, one of whom was my team leader, too busy and important to run errands. Another side note is that actually my team leader was a lovely man who was my ally on many occasions. The other man that my manager walked past was newer than I. Um, In fact, I was mentoring him, but he was presumably too busy learning to be interrupted. I scoffed back then and I didn't get my promotion. I left the room. But my boss didn't really ask me to pick up his printouts after that. Despite my age, my mentee had been hired on a a higher salary grade than me. The one that I'd just been passed over for promotion to. He had apparently a year of relevant experience. I did too, it just didn't count because I was in the company. This guy had other work on his resume. I challenged that too in an earlier conversation about my promotion prospects. Why was I mentoring folks on higher pay grades? What specifically merited this chap's grade in comparison to my own experience? The only difference, the only thing that secured his level up was that he asked. I had asked, damn it, six months earlier on another review cycle. Several feels-a-bit-late-now types of promotions later, I left. I moved on to another company, passed as new, same old manure. It was a story I saw repeated, if not for myself, then for my female peers. Male colleagues given uplifts that I should have been able to match, being called out for, be- for being difficult, for which read, Woman with Opinions, Being told that I needed to be less confrontational, but more prepared to say what I think. Less aggressive, but more outspoken. Do what you need to do. Don't overextend. Meet all the standards and expectations, and then not go above and beyond enough. Too much of a nine to fiver. Be more flexible. But please get here earlier, even if you were the last in the office at 11 pm. Don't get in a relationship at work, unless you're married or unless it's with the boss be this, don't be that, do this, don't do that. It was so much mental energy. I didn't think about it at the time, but now with more mature eyes, I see it. Now, looking back, I'm aware of just how much of my experience has been accounted for by my gender. Back then, all I was aware of was the constant round of career frustrations that I knew were, at least in part, due to my womanhood and not of my making. What's ironic somewhat is that I'm not your stereotypical woman in my mental approach to the world. I have personality traits and intellectual traits that are traditionally more attributed to men. I don't know if this is an accident of birth or nurturing or my education or my career experiences, but I do know that generally it's been a bit of a problem in my world. A significant portion of men I've worked alongside just didn't know what to make of me. I was somehow other. Those who did get me who were friends and allies, usually said, yeah, that was an injustice. Or as one ex-colleague told me several years after my departure from one role, which had failed to live up to its promise, yes, they treated you appallingly. The thing is, I've been frustrated, but I'm wiser now. I'm thicker-skinned. I see the world for what it is and it irks me. I'll stand up for myself and roll with the punches. But why the heck should I have to? More than that, why does this still go on? When I was 23, I was braver than a lot of my peers to call out wrongs when I saw them. I haven't known many 23-year-olds who are willing to do that. I ally and support where I can now because the world just isn't moving fast enough. And now that's my frustration. Let's hear some podcast guests talk about their frustrations and awkward conversations earlier this year.
1: I just let them know, you know, this is coming as a surprise to you. I mean, what you just said, this is a surprise to you. Like, I knew this was coming, you know, take the time you need to process. We can process right now in this call or because me personally, I like to take it, go away for a couple hours and then come back and revisit it. So I offer them that option as well. You know, if you need to go process this and digest this and come back with your talking points. Absolutely. Let's do that. I, I've had conversations like that where <clears throat> it was sort of a surprise. It hit me and then I got off the call and I hadn't asked like 1400 questions that I had just thought of because I was too taken by surprise at first. And that was the first time this was with, at a previous company with a previous boss. And so he learned over time, okay, like I'm going to, this is a 10 minute meeting. I'm going to deliver what I need to say. I'm going to go away and then we'll reconvene in, you know, half a day or something. He kind of learned that over
0: time, that pattern. It's really important to proactively offer that. I think that opportunity to follow up. I know as, as someone who's been on the receiving end of some of those awkward conversations as well, not all managers do that. Not all leaders do that. I think there's one thing I've learned is that if I am on the receiving end of those conversations and the leader doesn't offer that opportunities to just take the bull by the horns and ask for it, don't assume that because you're experiencing all of this, you know, all of this shock, that that's the end of the story because you haven't been offered that in the meeting. It's kind of go away and and be at one with those feelings for a while, but then follow up and ask to discuss. Yeah.
1: And I didn't realize at first that I could take the bull by the horns, that was pretty painful, but Mm -hmm. I I figured it out. I wrote a strongly worded email. It was fun too. It was the the co-founder of the company that I reported to and I wrote a very strong email and he was thankfully very kind. He's like, I see you have some feelings about this. Like let's meet in a couple days." Okay,
0: So So that's good though, right? That he, he recognized it as a, as a need and And actually gave you an extra couple of days after your email. (laughs) I handled it horribly. No question I handled it horribly. I think I cried. I was mortified in every single way. And eventually this person and I reconnected and, and are communicating and everything. But I, because of my guilt, I like didn't talk to her again for quite a bit because I was so mortified. Yeah, like I definitely handled that wrong in every way because I was brand new. I was a little baby lead.
1: A conversation with one of your highest performers where expectations aren't aligned around what may be the next step in their career growth is an awkward conversation to be had and quite possibly even more awkward because you know that that this person is a top key performer, they have such growth potential, and for a plethora of reasons, those growth expectations might not be in alignment
0: the hardest part of the hardest things that we get to do is, is those awkward conversations, especially ones that relate to someone's employment. You have to take those seriously. And, and I think is, you know, if you're wow. a, a normal, caring human being, you're, you're not going to feel good about, wow, I had to, I had to reprimand someone. Or I had to, I had to correct their course or holy cow, this is something that's going to result in, in someone's termination. And mm. and I, I think that has an effect, right? Like you're going to be kind of in a, in a jumble. And again, it's, that's nothing to say they're having a lot worse of a day
1: than you are, but But being able to have a little bit of space and give yourself the the breathing room will then allow you to come back to your next task or your next interaction with someone and, and, and be fully present. There are actually a few key things that I employ. One thing that I have learned is it's called essentially a warning signal. When you start out a conversation, you want to signal to the other party where you reference something that you wanted to talk about, and maybe you had referenced in the email where you set up the call, um, you know, the inf- the person that you are chatting with knows that there is an issue at hand that like to be discussed. And so you you reference that. You say, hey, last Thursday when I sent that email about something I'd like to chat with, I think we really need to dig into this today. And that will prepare the other party. So you're not just kind of like dropping everything on them.
0: Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Because How many times have you received an email from your boss at like 10 past five on a Friday afternoon that says, can you just come and see me before you go home? With no context, whatever. And how deep does that dread go? That's it for today. Go to customersupportleaders.com forward slash 154 for the show notes, and I'll see you next time.